Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Hello everybody, this is Alex. And I'm Nick. You're listening to The Thread with Hennessy. On SohoRadioLondon.com. Soho Radio. That was a new one from Joel Culpepper, friend of Soho Radio, and uh, coming to a live gig near you soon. Uh, we have just we have. There's been an incoming of guests in the, into the radio station. We are very happy. It's going to get a little bit nostalgic. We're going to try to keep it all clean and sober in here. But uh, a couple of friends have just turned up. We've had the joy. Nick and I have had the joy of seeing each of these people perform many a many a many a time with different acts uh there's no point in trying to uh do the thing where i mention every act that they've played with or recorded on because the list is too long and you would get bored and tune out uh but it is an extensive list and we'll get into that one of my favorite guitar players in the country in the world and one of my favorite bass players uh in the country in the world and they play all the other instruments to help me welcome rob malarkey and ben jones Thanks for coming down, guys. Thanks for reorganising your schedules. It wasn't it wasn't easy to get you here, was it? That's all right. Yeah, no, there's a couple of little things I need to move about, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. There, there shouldn't be any schedules, should there? No, <laughs> like exactly. that somehow there just still is. Yeah, but that's interesting because um, I mean we we met uh, a few months ago, and actually you've you've had quite a busy lockdown, have you not, Rob? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. On the production been, side of things? Yeah, I just keep myself busy, you know. Yeah. There's, there's, there's always stuff to do. I mean, aside from, you know, getting a puppy and, like, you know, my son's doing his GCSEs and all this kind of life stuff as well. Life admin. Life yeah. has been happening. Um, but, yeah, keep myself busy. I've been working on this kind of uh, Patreon site, which is just, right. I, don't, I don't know if anyone yeah, knows yeah. about that, but it's like a it's like a nerdy sort of base thing where, you know, yeah. people can sign up to it and, and see my videos and stuff. That's been quite uh, time-consuming, but uh, yeah, that was my lockdown people project. People subscribe. Is that is that the thing with Spaven, or is that something separate? We've just or? done some stuff, yeah, yeah, with Richard Spaven. So what we did, we got this, went to this awesome place in Leytonstone. I don't know if you know Philly Brook. Oh, right. Like, this brilliant bar that opened just before lockdown, and they yeah. got all craft beers and stuff. I can't wait to get in there when it's properly open, but film some stuff in there so it looks nice. And yeah, we did like some proper rhythm section workshops, and yeah, nice. How, how have you found the Patreon thing? Um, it's it's like a slow builder. You just got. It's easy to get. Uh, why have you been? Have you, have no, you I, I, I'm scared because like so many people I, I love and respect have started their Patreon pages, and and I I'm scared to get in there because I, I just feel like I'm gonna you, I'm gonna end up spending a hundred quid a month and and 
not use it the way it should be done or something. Yeah, you just, if you're building a page, you just got to really persist and like, yeah, not get demoralised when people aren't <laughs> signing up straight away. But it does, yeah, it does build. It's been, it's been good. Maybe that yeah, should be the tagline to Patreon: "Don't get demoralised." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I've done bits of teaching before, and it's it's like a, it's a really interesting thing to do anyway. You know, yeah. just like mm. organising your thoughts and do, right. just taking a step back to trying to think what it was like when you started mm. playing music. You know, and right. get into that mindset of of what what people want to hear and like how yeah. to do you know what I mean we, we're quite experienced now I guess you know and we just sort of turn up and our fingers pretty much do what we tell them to yeah sometimes yeah. sometimes <laughs> and what what, uh, what about you Ben how's your how's your lock how's this year been it's been all right yeah um I've been fortunate that um my main kind of job has continued that's uh playing playing guitar on the, the voice yeah right yeah so that's yeah that's kind of carried on but other than that just been still like rob working on lots of production stuff and um sort of trying to make the most of that yeah. time really and everyone else seems to be around which is great so you can kind of collab with people right that maybe wouldn't I have been think, able to previously. I think you've done a better job of just being creative, really, haven't you? You've I've, yeah, I kind of just smashing got, out loads yeah, of Yeah, I've been getting on the uh, Instagram thing, just trying to make loads of videos. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. You've been getting into the Reels thing. That's it, haven't yeah. You? Yeah, yeah, which is a new thing to me. Do you want to explain a bit what that is? Well, I'm, I'm pretty new to it myself, but um, uh, do you know a guy called Connor Albert? Yeah. He he came round and was like, oh, you've got to, you've got to sort of get on the Reels thing because, you know, they're, they're a lot shorter, they're easier to put together. Yeah. And I think they're pushing that algorithm a bit more, um, trying to sort of right. keep up with TikTok. But it's, I guess it's just the same as any other video, really. But it's just people can sort of flick through really quickly, loads yeah. of different sort of. Uh, That's why we make music, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a totally different sort of. It's really easy to get something together quickly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just stick it up and sort of. I've yeah. watched yours. I loved it. And and um, oh, thanks. And you. Coming for Rob's job, you're picking up the bass. Oh, yeah, so oh yeah, yeah, get off, <laughs> get off it. Frustrated, frustrated bass player. And is the idea that because it's only it's only allowed to be thirty seconds that it it turns into a loop? Yeah, it's exactly. So I sort of just every time I make one, I make sure yeah. that I've got it lines up. I don't know if it's dodgy, but I've set up a, 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 a fake account. I can test them on to yeah. see what the whether the loop works Got right it. you know some of them are a bit out but yeah the idea is they just I don't, loop, I don't loop even around, know what it is what's the what's the format is um like a length limit or it's 30 seconds is the limit okay. yeah um but yeah it's, it's basically like a story but it's yeah I'm, i don't know loads about it yeah yeah well i can't I, I, I was gonna kind of wondering about i i bumped into you after you released your record and i had known i'd I know both of you from when I was working at Ronnie Scott's and mm. uh, seen you play with Soul Family quite a lot. And then I remember you released your, your EP. Well, yeah. I don't know what year this is, 2015, well, yeah, 2016. Five, five years ago. And, and, and uh, I really loved it. And I came up to you and was like, oh, it's killing. When's the next one? And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. You seem to be one that really likes to jump into other projects rather than be the front. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, although at the moment I've been working pretty hard on some 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 new solo stuff, some Ben Jones but, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's more sort of vocoder based stuff. So yeah, I've kind of I don't know. Sometimes uh, I'm up for it, other times it's quite stressful. You know, mm. kind of putting your neck on the line. But um, how much yeah. do you think like doing the the TV gig has anything to do with that stress? And dual question here: How much of the year does the voice take out of your life? Like how? How long? 
it's it's about six months, I'd say, but there's time in between. But generally, you kind of it's pretty full on for those six months. Um, no, I think I sort of see that as a totally separate thing to the creative stuff. Really, it's more like a, a nine to five, really. Right. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I just don't like the the whole playing on on shows like that. It's 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 a totally different challenge that I've I can't relate to at all. Like it, it seems like you'd have to know about five hundred songs and be able to recall them at any moment. Is it, or am I misinterpreting that? Yeah, well, we've got sort of um, there's a sort of process that we go through where we rehearse and we've got charts as well. Um, so it's kind of you don't have to fully internalize everything, but yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of um, a lot of material. And um, obviously, yes, yeah, so the live shows are pretty stressful because it's sort of you know televised live, and they've had me sort of sat up the front playing acoustic guitar before, which is <laughs> pretty nerve wracking. But yeah, but it's, I'm super grateful for that job, really. Especially this year, it's been mm. it's been a godsend, really. Yeah. Shout out Dexter Hercules on drums. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Dexter's been playing kit with us, <laughs> which is yeah, it's great. He's got such a good energy, you know. Yeah. Really fiery. Um, yeah, so no, they're a great bunch of guys on the show. They're brilliant, really good band. But uh, yeah, cool. Well, I think we should play a bit of music. Maybe uh, Rob, we could start with a track from one of your bands, uh, Brotherly. Yeah. Do you want to uh, talk about this one? Yeah. So um, I've just put out this um, compilation of an act that I used to have called Brotherly, and actually these tunes are from like um, 15 years ago, <laughs> uh, and they've recently been released. I've l- had loads of people coming up and saying, "Oh, I love your new tune, Rob." I'm like, <laughs> sounds really fresh. We're ahead of our time. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I was approached by Whirlwind Records, and they said, "Let's put something together, like a collection of all the stuff you've released, and, you know, best of, and maybe introduce a few guests, like add them on top of the original mm. files." Oh, which, was, which yeah. fortunately, I managed to dig out the old multi-tracks. And we got a few guests on. Did and, you produce uh, those tracks back then as well? Yeah, just a bedroom. Oh. It was just a bedroom production thing, you know. And, uh, and again, this nothing... particular track, quite a quite a guest on it. Yeah. A legend, yeah. in fact. Yeah, I was really happy about this. Well, so Michael Whirlwing, his, his idea was he'd heard... Uh, there's one track called DTs, and he's like, I've just always heard... Could imagine someone shredding over this. Donnie McCaslin is this amazing New York sax player who played on the Bowie album and everything. And that set off the idea, and I was like, oh, I just need a few more guests. And I asked Jason Ribello, and he played on... So that was such an honour. He, like, played on one track for me. And then the third one was Kydie Tatham, which was a little bit stepping outside the jazz... Mm. You know, for a jazz label, stepping outside a little bit because Kylie's obviously like broken beat broken royalty beat founder, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's such an amazing musician. You've worked with him a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, he did a bit with Eric Lau. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He worked together with him. Yeah. He's mega. He plays everything. I, I mean, I knew him as like a keyboardist and a conga yeah. player. He played flute. He actually played some flute on this track as well, and synths. Um, and I was just sending him. I was like, just do some stuff on it. Just enhance it. You know, it doesn't. It wasn't really like a solo situation. It was just like did his thing on it. I added a bit of Kaidi flavour. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> Soho Radio, that was Rain Down by Brotherly, Brotherly featuring 
Cody Tatham. And Rob, I believe the vinyl is available. In it's stores. finally here, yeah. It was released on the 6th of December and then Brexit like yeah. took it into its confines in Calais for three months. So it's finally arrived. So, yeah, pick up your vinyl. It looks spectacular. Double, double vinyl, bright blue. It's awesome. It's been a long way since... Bro- I mean, when I hear about Rob Malarkey tunes from 15 years ago, I mean, I only got here 10 or 11 years ago. So um, since then, there's been so much. I, something I wanted to talk about with, with each of you is just kind of approach to playing in different situations. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen you and heard you each do so many different things. So I'll start with Rob. I think... I'm quite interested in what it's like to play with Jacob Collier because um, he seems like one of these kind of genius people. And I, I went home to visit my family in Arizona and I said I'm in Arizona online and Nat was like, go see Rob tonight. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's and, my uh, wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nat, Nat, shout, out Natalie, shout out to Natalie Williams. And... Um, and yeah, <laughs> good disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, so I, I turn up to the gig and I'm just thinking Rob's going to play bass. And in, in that band, and if you know Jacob Collier, he's multi-instrumentalist and kind of on an absurd level. But like you were in, within one tune, you had played bass and acoustic guitar and synth and was singing BVs. And I'm, I'm wondering, like in that project, were, is there orders given and you follow or is there freedom or or, or what, what's the vibe in that project it's it, i mean it's a pretty unique experience really i can't imagine there's many other gigs that are really yeah. like that and even that concept really is that you don't see it very often do you? people because there'll be some songs where he's like i really want to play bass on the chorus of this tune but i really want to play piano in the in, in the verse so we we switch you know i've always just got one hand ready to go on the next thing and dialing up the patch and like it, pressing the pedals is stuff and charted out or is it like just come no, no, down no. no yeah no charts he doesn't really do doesn't really do charts jacob mm. yeah he's a, he's he's got a pretty different approach really and it just seems to be better <laughs> than what everyone else has come up with over the last few hundred years but yeah the way that he perceives music and you know understanding it is is it's it's like a really emotional level more than anything or more than a technical mm. you might be mm. sort of surprised to hear do you know what i mean but he's like he sees patterns and he and he sees emotions you know in in sounds and he just tries to use those it's not it's not as technical as you think having said that you know being flipping 17 16 and then switching and you're doing three over the top of it or something but um it's it's fun yeah i love yeah. it i love the challenge and he's obviously because the way he's produced the stuff is just piling on i don't know if you've seen him work he literally yeah, yeah. can stack up 300 tracks in a minute do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. um the, so just um, trying to yeah. just trying to clarify that into a sort of live setting it's like how can we do this and not break the bank you know so it's just that just everyone needs to make a lot of sounds the tiny desk thing that you did that must have been two years ago now I feel like it was a year ago, but we've all lost a year. Oh, it's way over. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what, I mean, one of my favourite things of the year, just unbelievable the way you all came together. It was such a soulful performance. How, how was that experience for you? Because I've heard mixed things from musicians when they're at Tiny Desk. That's right. But then when you hear it back, you think, oh, wow, their, produ- their production guys are the best because they just yeah. capture every nuance. Yeah. How was, was that it- for you? 
It's yeah, it's kind of sponsored by those earthworks mics, isn't it? I think. Right. And I think that's the symbol of the of the tiny desk thing is one of those mics. But they're absolutely astonishing what they pick up, and definitely full credit to that engineer there. He's amazing. But um, we turned up super nervous. We just toured an album for a year mm. and knew it back to front. We could have played the hell out of it, you know. And we got over there, and Jacob says, "Now nah, let's do three new tunes here. And I'm going to play you three <laughs> new tunes." You on your toes. <laughs> yeah, and we had to learn all the BVs, and it was like it was so stressful. <laughs> it was probably the most stressful thing ever. And we all did the show, and thought, "Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that." We felt really edgy about it, all of us, and Jacob as well. I was like, "Oh no, what have I done? That was my big opportunity." And we just all felt really nervous. We played super quiet and. And for some reason, we watched it back, yeah, a couple of months later when they'd done the edit and stuff. And it, it was like, like the story. Oh, it really comes across so it really well. Does. Like it, it, really it actually does. was the perfect tempering yeah. of, you know, you don't, you don't want to see people like blazing yeah. all their licks over something they're familiar with. It, it, bring, it brings some, it's such a good call. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It brings something out of you being put on the spot like that and just trying to make music. And that's the, yeah. that's the main thing. Yeah, it's interesting. But also, this other funny thing happened because. I took the wrong strings from my bass and we had for a few days and I just couldn't get hold of a set of those strings. So I had two A strings on that. Really? <laughs> yeah. And the low E is an A? Uh, no, the D was on oh, Yeah, I tuned, the, I tuned the D up a fourth. Well done. <laughs> and it didn't snap. <laughs> didn't snap. Love it. Yeah. And, and so I suppose a sort of more general question for both of you um, in terms of just the, the, the multitude of projects that you're hopping between, is that a sort of necessary evil for paying the rent or is it something that you thrive on the sort of the variety within your projects so it's it's a combination of both really but i definitely realize um i, I enjoy having lots of different things going on mm -hmm. if i'm just doing one thing all the yeah. time i get bored quite easily i think so i don't think i've chosen that it to be like that but the fact that it is is probably probably yeah. a good thing um yeah what about you yeah, I love it. Yeah, I wish yeah. I could do more, more variety of stuff, but um, yeah, it just doesn't work work out like that. You block out yeah, yeah. sections of, of your. Diary. Is there a genre that you haven't cracked yet that you'd like to step yeah, into? Lots, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should Crime. really, I should really get, I should get some lessons with like a a, a great jazzer, or probably Rob actually, because <laughs> I still haven't really got the the jazz thing together. Um, I like. Have you have you have you ever? Like gotten into it though? Like, do you listen to loads of? No, I guess of... not really. I li I listen to music that probably has a lot of jazzy harmony, but it's I don't I've never really got got into sort of straight jazz. Actually, I wanted um, to talk to you about the Layla Hathaway gig because the, oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a jazz approach in some of the you know some of the arrangements and some of the improv within that band. Right. Yeah. And when I saw you, first of all. You blew the roof off of that show. Oh, thanks. Like man. there was like no real guitar feature until the last tune, and Layla's like Ben Jones, and she <laughs> walked away, and you said the roof off was sick. I loved it. Oh, jeez. Um, so like that, 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 I saw the sound check of that, and I was really quite amazed because she kind of came on and started calling keys and pointing at people, and the and the MD who was the bass player seemed quite, um, you know, quite determined to keep everyone in line. I was wondering like. When when you toured Europe with her, was that she came over one rehearsal and go? Was yeah, that... yeah, it was minimal rehearsal. I think a lot of the time when you do 
those gigs with American artists, they just sort of, you know, pick, uh, pick up some UK guys to do a gig. It's it's on quite a short time frame, and you, know, you get. I think we did like one, yeah, one day rehearsal, and then I actually the, did that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rob did one, and uh, yeah, it was the same kind of thing. Probably like yeah. one one day in premises in Hackney yeah. rehearsal studios, and then yeah. and then off you go. You're sort of doing a gig in front of loads of sort of musos yeah, basically really discerning yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but um i mean i really enjoyed it i loved it i love that gig she yeah it's i think she wants that jazz sort of yeah um i don't know the right word but if you've got a bit of that in you but she also really likes the the soulful groovy mm. kind of stuff exactly mm. yeah so i mm. think having the combination of those things is what she what she likes but um, it's it's quite a free gig, you know. We got to play and we got to, you know, um, express yourself a bit. And the arrangements weren't always the same. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, she it. she loves it if it goes somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. sort of pushes it there a bit. Yeah, mm. yeah. I know you guys. Just speaking of like dealing with American artists, and I know both of you play with a lot of American artists when they come over here to to tour around. Do you ever um, have you ever had the opportunity to go over there? And find yourself in musical situations like that, that are a little bit spontaneous. Like you, you go to California for a week and, and phone them, phone them up, and hop into stuff. Um, I haven't actually, and it's something that I think I regret if I never do because there have been opportunities in the past. I remember when Eric Benet came over and I did some shows with him, and they asked me to do the rest of the dates in the states, and I said no. And I sort of always wonder whether maybe that would have been my opportunity to kind of work with more American. Um, musicians and artists and stuff, but yeah, I've, I've I've never really done that. I went went out to LA to visit Layla actually um, for about a month. We stayed out and did some writing with her and a few other people. Um, but that's yeah, I haven't really done much more than that. I'd love to. Would really love to get out there more. But yeah, what about you? Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never really. I'd, yeah, I'd love to do that. I know lots of like Brits that did that. You know, you put the time in, move yeah. to move to California for a couple of months, see if you can make it work. And yeah, it'd be nice, but yeah, it's difficult. It happens the other way as well. You know, Questlove referred to like doing the Hendrix. Yeah, know, for sure. Like, like for sure. just coming coming to London and renting a flat for like a few like months. Gregory Porter wasn't making a making a mark in his yeah. in his home country and came came over here and right. Yeah. Really struck it, yeah. and now he's gone back. Actually, the Roots lived here for a bit, didn't they? They did. Well, he lived yeah. in Camden, wasn't it, or yeah. something? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's it's quite a cool story. Root, uh, Questlove has a podcast. He goes over yeah. a lot. It's, it's quite a cool story. Um, why don't we play? You, you were talking about you're writing some music, and you brought a track with you, didn't you? Yeah. So I was. I've got um, a tune that um, I did with Vula, singer Vula, and Vula, Vula, and um, a friend of mine, Dan Bingham. We wrote this song. Um, it's got a, a guy called Alex Torjusen on drums and Rocco Palladino on bass, um, and it's the project's gone out as Park Royal. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's Park Royal official, I think, is all the social media stuff. If you want to check it out, but yeah. Never knew what was ahead. All the bumps on the road leading to destruction. Okay, and we're back. That was the Silvers. Le- love me, le- uh, love me not. Uh, Rob, I love that you chose that. Do you want to say why? Uh, yeah, I just yeah, I had a list of stuff I wanted to play, and I just remembered this. Yeah, that tune. 
and I listened to it so much, I probably wore out Spotify yeah. last year with it. Yeah, it's like it's astonishing production. Yeah, because like every hip hop aesthetic yeah. in a sort of track from 1971 or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? well, you said George Ann Muldrow, you can definitely really hear that. makes me yeah. think of George Ann Muldrow. Yeah, like the style of singing and those really dense harmonies. Do you know what I mean? And mm. and all the 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 sort of um, the way the percussion's just blurring all the beats together is like that. It's yeah. almost like a Diller production. I yeah. find it really. Yeah. You are you, you are definitely um, a producer at heart because I remember like you know last night when Nick was like yeah yeah they're both coming down. It's like oh great and I, I when I was walking in I just looked on Spotify and I just typed in your name and a playlist came up and it said um, Nat Mix Ref. Oh really? So, yeah, so I don't oh, know if you want to take it. Public, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's public. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's public. Cool. Yeah, take it down. Uh, <laughs> take it down. Uh, but, no, but, but the, you know, like mix reference, like that. That I find that really fascinating because I know when somebody says like I'm listening to this as a mix reference, you're listening to it in a very different way than a listener to a song is listening to it. You're, you're listening. Yeah. You know, you're listening to the whole like the space, you know, the, yeah. the sound that you're creating. I mean, I know you're a producer. I know you, you mix and all that. Ben, are you, are you into production as well? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've kind of, I've, it's always been sort of going on in the background. I don't think I'm sort of known for doing it as much as, you know, probably playing guitar or whatever, but I've always just been cracking away, you know, trying to, trying to make tunes and, um, hopefully it's just getting better and better, but, I'd like to do more of it. It feels like the younger, ge- like that's going to be almost a prerequisite for musicians. It does, no. yeah. Mm. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like we're asking it's a lot great, of people though. now, but it's, it's great. great. Yeah, it's great. yeah, it's such a good skill to have that was sort of missing in, like, you know, fusion yeah. <laughs> session, session musicians before were just like, you know, I'm used to the live situation. I'm used to just making mm. a lot of noise and trying to be exciting and, you know, don't let anyone get bored. I mean, but now we're thinking of it more as the way you consume music and yeah. like when you're playing an instrument, just your role in the mix and how you can help, how you can make it work. You know, things that I wouldn't have done when I was younger, mm. leaving a lot more space and just thinking about mm. tone and making and stuff. Mm. So you really yeah. enjoy it? Yeah. Producing? Love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I've been doing a lot of mixing. Yeah, that was my, that's kept me going for the last year, actually. But. And how much of your musical life would you say you spend producing? And is there an ideal ratio for you, like... Producing, live performing, right? I can't stuff. remember. Yeah, it's just hundred percent. Hundred, obviously, this last year, but live. but in real, in in normal times. Yeah, I just try and fill the gaps. Yeah, so you can't really predict right. the way that live. Yeah, of course. Live stuff fills your diary, so I try and fill the gaps and keep busy. Yeah, but it works out. Works out nice. Cool, cool. Well, uh, we have to also touch on. The legendary Soul Family. This is how we know you guys. That's right. Um, Ronnie Scott's residency yeah. for a staggering what is it, thirteen years or something <laughs> crazy? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've often said this, but that is such a rare thing. You know, how many how many artists can say they've done a monthly residency for that <laughs> yeah. for that minute, amount of time? Mm. I can't. I can't believe it. Really. The only other one actually is Billy Joel. Madison's oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know, man. It's good, so, good, good, good company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Wayne Krantz as well. I talked to Wayne Krantz about oh, 55 the, bar. about yeah, fifty five yeah. bar, and when I asked him about it, he 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 just said it's a miracle that yeah. the venue is still going, that that, yeah. that the night's still going. Like it's it's I consider it a miracle. And a yeah. Very... yeah, and so for anyone that isn't um, uh, up to speed with Soul Family, do you want to explain a little bit about 
what it is and the state of play with Soul Fam. It's probably mine and Ben's most regular gig that we play together, yeah. actually. So it's, yeah. it's once a month in Ronnie Scott's. And uh, again, my wife, Natalie Williams, has uh, put it together. And it's a 10-piece band. And the format is basically, you know, we have a bunch of original stuff. We play some of that every month. Mm. And we play some covers. It's an amazing band that we all know each other from, you know, back in the day. A lot of us studied in uh, uh, music college and stuff. And uh, and then we get a guest in every month, and they just need to. We have to make it really clear to the guest that it's just pretty spontaneous, you know. So there's not like days of rehearsal going on. Literally, they turn up. We've checked out the tracks, and done our best, you know. I think I think we're pretty good at that, right? Yeah, everyone well, always does their homework, and I, I was, <laughs> it's always that thing that we, we we basically get the sound check to run the tunes with the guest artists, and it's normally four tunes, isn't it? Yeah. I think. And we get to, we get to the end of the sound check, and we're outside. We get to outside the dog and duck pub up the road, and we're just still having a pint, thinking, "God, that was awful. It's <laughs> going to be a car crash." Get to the gig, and just everyone ups their game, and game. somehow yeah. it just. Let alone the artists. That's what they're thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's just yeah, you get yourself in front of an audience, and again, you just make music out of it, and they just. They're always pleasantly surprised, I think, you know, because it wasn't, it doesn't sound like the record, but it's like this new thing and it's actually a nice angle. So, le- leading on from that, we thought, let's make a TV show about this. So, this right. is, this this is, is happening. Thing, right? ah. Yeah, we've actually made a pilot of a, of a TV show and we're just finding the right outlet for it. It's called First Take. It looks it's pretty amazing. First Take. Cool. And what's, what's, the, what's the, um, the format of that? It's filmed in Ronnie Scott's. Yeah. Uh, a similar thing, so the the same concept. An artist comes in. Mm. Um, so I wonder if I can say who it is. Maybe I should keep it secret. Well, maybe keep it secret. Is yeah. it, I, mean, is it I, I don't Holland? want to do that. <laughs> you, you heard <laughs> yeah, it here yeah, first. You know, so. But yeah, we've got some scoops. We've got some great artists. We've got this guy in. called Jules. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're put a little bit out of their comfort zone by uh, basically. They, they'll sing a jazz standard. So reflecting Ronnie Scott's and, you know, yeah. all the jazz influence and the fact that we all came from that. Mm. But we play it very much not in a jazz style. So we reinterpret a song and we play one of their originals as well. So it's it's pretty cool. much a good reflection of what happens on a Soul Family night. That's yeah. really cool. I hope to see it on, uh, on the projector in the living room. That's great. Yeah. Well, hopefully it gets further than that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a TV. The projector is the TV for oh, me, so it's fine. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, we have to talk about some of the guests you've had down over the years. I mean, some legendary performers. I mean, I love the Jamie Wound night and, you know, yeah. so so many others. What what sort of, what was your favourite? I guess uh, I, I always think of the Hamish Stewart. Hamish Stewart, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Playing pick up the pieces with yeah. uh, with Hamish, the double guitar part. That was pretty special. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, yeah. So Hamish is from Average, Average White Band. He's the yeah. Scottish absolute legend of a guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, you know, famously produced Shaka Khan and everything. Yeah. But yeah, yeah all his uh, Average White Band records. And he just came down as the sweetest guy. And as soon as you play with him, everything just fits in. Yeah. So, I was, I was, I was just amazed at his, uh, it, how sort of humble he was. You know, mm. when you look yeah. look at his career and it's just like he was yeah. just love he just seemed like he was loving it there was no sort of like yeah yeah no ego just, yeah exactly yeah i remember yeah. he played on the pino paladino night 
when uh, Pino bought James Poyser and Chris Dave, and it was just a musician's dream. Right. And, and Hamish played on that, and it was just there was oh. no there was no egos there at all. Yeah. They just yeah. got on stage and just it was yeah. next level stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. one of those guys who'll go and just meet everyone yeah. after a show. I've done a few yeah. few of his own gigs, and he'll just yeah happily spend hours just chatting to all his audience and yeah, very is, giving. Is there a a bucket list artist that you would love to? come and play one of the soul families that you haven't managed to convince mm. yet oh god it's kind of i guess this always sort of changing that kind of thing isn't it but um mm. i mean i've I been pretty know. happy with it yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny because you know sometimes it's it's the people that aren't necessarily you know household names that have yeah. been the most enjoyable as well but um it'd be good if sting came and did one wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> <be all right>. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he doesn't bring his loot <laughs> <laughs> Message in a bottle. I can hear it now. There's yeah. been a ton of near misses as well because it just didn't quite fit with people's schedules, yeah. you know. And like Emily King nearly did one. That would have been great, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had a few good. good. Joey Dosick I really enjoyed. Yeah. As well. Yeah. That was a special pack. Yeah. yeah. You know who would be amazing in there? Jot it down if you don't if you don't know already. Ray Khalil from Los Angeles oh, yeah, yeah. she just picked up the Grammy for, she wrote Lockdown with Anderson Pack. she's a killing uh, new artist oh. really really sick her album for the world oh. is amazing Anderson Pack, in fact Anderson oh. Pack would be alright yeah, that would be <laughs> too shabby yeah. <laughs> yeah it'd be okay I guess yeah. that's one of the great things about Ronnie's is you, you never know who can walk in the door you know right. mm-hmm. um, funny enough do you Richie Sambora getting up do you yeah. know that <laughs> <laughs> wow he got up and played I was played a that. solo on uh, Higher Ground yeah yeah which is really random that. Oh yeah, it was in E flat, which is like the worst yeah, guitar. Key. Rock guys don't do E flat. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Did you know? Did he no, just no, it's just stayed. Just yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, I don't want to say <laughs> whether he struggled or not, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was good. it was loud. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're we're in uh, April 2021. Obviously, it's been a, an interesting year for uh, for everyone in the creative. Uh, industries is there a assemblage can you see are gigs being booked in yet is there light at the end of the tunnel here you are you getting the sense or do you think um, it's a little way away yet yeah so so I th- you know jacob's team are all quite um it's, it's basically quincy jones productions and yeah. it's obviously a team of people that know what the hell they're doing mm. and we were shocked when they were putting it back you know, right. it's basically been put back two years. That's all we were wow. supposed to do in March this year. I think tours like that, it's different though, because I think if you're going from country to country yeah. and state mm. to state, yeah, exactly, that, yeah. that, you know, that takes a lot more tender yeah, level care than. Yeah, it'd be irresponsible one. to start trying to organise that yeah. stuff if you don't, if you're not 100 percent that it's going to come up. But yeah, they played it about right actually. I think so. We're going to start that next year. That's a big old tour got a Lewis Cole gig to, to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, in November. Uh, two nights at Earth. And then, funny enough... Well, you're, you're playing bass on the Lewis Cole gig? Yeah. That's fun. With a big band, with a local... With, a, with a local <laughs> horns. And funny enough, the next night, I'm there with Jose James, and then we do a little tour. Great. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. That's cool. that's what I'm looking forward to. It's still a fair way off. That's great. Well, I mean, it's been... Yeah, I mean, it will have been a year and a half with, yeah. with no live gigs by then. Yeah. So yeah, I, I felt weird today, just like taking two trains and walking in here. It's, it's, oh. it's, I don't know. I, I'm sure you guys miss touring, but also just moving around is mm. is, is mm. feels different now. I'm like, should I be doing this? You Getting know, out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's important. This is probably my second or third time in Soho in the last yeah. year and a half. It's like yeah. so strange. Used to come in here every week, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It feels feels strange, doesn't it? 
Um, I feel sorry for because there's obviously a few tourists knocking about, you know, and they're going around filming and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'll just come back later. It's really good, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I think we should um, we we should end with uh, with the uh, with the Herbie track that Ben chose. But just before we do that, thank you so much for coming down, guys. No worries. Yeah. Nice um, for having us. Yeah, yeah. keep in touch with uh, Rob Malarkey and Ben Jones and all your social media accounts. They're on all of them and highly <laughs> active. No, I, I'm, I'm joking, but really do follow these guys. They're putting out amazing music or they're on amazing records and um, really inspirational players. Um, any any final words of wisdom, Nick Lewis? You always put me on the spot like that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should know, it's the 119th episode. Uh <laughs> Really, uh, everybody, thank you. Thank you, Hennessy. Thank you, Soho Radio. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Ben. Thank, thank you, Hennessy. Production. This is Herbie Hancock with um, Come Running to Me. Why did you put this one in? Well, I picked this because um, my next solo project is going to be like vocoder stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah, hopefully I can get you some of that music soon nice. and maybe give it a spin for us. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of in this style, so... Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.